The reading this morning is from the book of Isaiah. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that she has paid her penalty, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all people see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of a field. The grass withers, the flower fades, when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms, and carry them in his bosom, and gently lead the mother sheep. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Seth. Grace to you all and peace this morning. This sermon is structured like an episode of the radio program, This American Life, which means it has distinct acts centered around one theme. It's Advent, and our focus in church this year is make space. So the theme of this sermon is three ways to make space. Act one, space in the trees. My office overlooks French Regional Park, and so every time I glance out the window, the trees remind me which season we are in. For three out of the four seasons, the leaves are at the front and center a wall of bright green in the spring that deepens in color through the summer, and finally a patchwork of brown, gold, and orange in the fall. All I can see out my window are the leaves. I don't need to tell you that it is winter now. That colorful wall has disappeared. And what lies outside my window are stark, bare branches. The leaves have been stripped away by the cold. This is a season that strips things away from us, both in nature and also in our hearts. The grass withers, the flower fades, says scripture, and all of us are just like that grass, withered, 
and faded and laid bare in this winter cold. You know that this is a hard season. You know that it's at best something we endure. You know how the cold and the darkness of winter bring out those withered and faded places in our lives. The discontent and weariness we feel in our daily routines, the powerlessness we feel to be able to change things, our grief for the loved ones and marriages and careers and healthy bodies that we have lost, our regrets about the past, our loneliness in the present, our fear for the future. The bareness of this season leaves little for us to hide behind as we try to dodge dealing with the tough truths that pursue us. We do try our best as a culture to dodge them, though, especially this month. The holiday hustle we all do every year, lights and parties, shopping and cooking and concerts and carols and anything and everything that's remotely full of cheer or at least covered in sugar or glitter, isn't it all in part an attempt to outmaneuver dealing with the tough stuff? To keep so busy and entertained by anything shiny or sentimental? To keep our minds occupied enough to get those withered and faded places to stay outside. The pressure to perform holiday cheer, it would kind of be like me trying to glue those fall leaves in place at the end of the season on the trees because I don't like the look of stark bare branches and the space in the trees. Yes, I might be able to do it, but it's also missing the invitation that this season brings. It's Advent. These are the four weeks we have before Christmas. And what this is a time for is touching the tough things. It's a time for us to be put in touch with our own longing, with the deep cry in our heart. It's a time for you to make space, to name with honesty the withered and faded places within you. And here's why. The mystery that Advent prepares us to receive is that God comes to this world and comes to us exactly where we are. And so it is worth our time to probe just where it is that we find ourselves. And there can be a gift in this too, even beauty. Because let me tell you this, when I look out my window now and there are only bare, faded branches and no colorful leaves to delight my eye, in the space of the trees, 
I can also see the shape of the land, flocks of roosting birds, and the setting sun. Act two, space in the noise. Did you know that our brains are wired so that it takes 11 seconds to process and internalize and be changed by something positive, but only one second for something negative? There are consequences to this wiring. On a societal level, it means that negative news stories garner more attention and higher ratings and more clicks than positive ones. And on a personal level, it means that I can't remember any of the handwritten notes of praise teachers would write at the end of my papers, but decades later, I can tell you word for word what their critiques were. The negative stuff gets in quicker, and it stays for longer. And the positive stuff? Well, 11 seconds is a long time. Most of us don't take it. We've already moved on to the next thing. The noise around us has captured our attention, distracting us from the blessing at our feet so that we never get in the habit of resting in goodness and becoming present to the blessing before us. You all know the noise we live in. Every news bulletin is breaking and urgent. There's 30 to 40% of airtime that's devoted to ads. You know the never-ending online stream of flawless photos of other people's families and the gauntlet of activities we run our kids through, hoping that they'll turn out successful. And the content of that noise? Seldom does it say, you are enough. You do enough. You have enough. It's always be more, do more, have more. The noise you see has figured out the 11 second, one second rule. And so it has set up shop within us and keeps our attention flickering about, fed by a steady diet of stress and judgment. All this is a very long way of getting us back to the beginning of today's scripture. Comfort. Oh, comfort my people. And Thad did an excellent job of reading it. But I'd be willing to wager that most of us, upon hearing these words, didn't actually feel comfort. Consider that. This whole room heard God's living word come to us. And what that word said is that what God wants for us is comfort deep in our souls. And most of us breezed right on by. 
the noise within us took our minds and hearts somewhere else before we had time to become present to this blessing of God's desire of comfort for us. Our focus at Church for Advent this year is make space, and the 11-second rule is why. If we do not make space in the noise to listen for God and to rest in God's love for us, then we breeze right past it, and it doesn't bless us to the extent it could Advent ends on Christmas Eve when we proclaim the great news that Jesus, the Savior, God with us, is born to this world. And what the season of Advent does is carve out space in the noise so that when this news comes, we don't breeze past it, but hear it and believe it and rest in its goodness. It only takes 11 seconds for good news to seep into our being. And Advent, it's four whole weeks long. Act three, space at the table. People look east, the time is near. Of the crowning of the year, make your house fair as you are able. Trim the hearth and set the table. People look east and sing today. Love, the guest is on the way. That's an Advent ditty. Maybe we will sing it in church at some point. But the reason why that is an Advent song is that Advent is a time for making space for others and for welcoming guests. Did you know that these words that we read in Scripture today were first written to a community of Israelites who needed to know what welcome was? They had been forcibly removed from their homeland and had lived in exile for 70 years and these words that we hear to today announce that it's okay for them to return home, to be welcomed back in, to live with their own people. And as they make their way back home, Scripture tells us, something peculiar will happen. Valleys will be lifted up and mountains will be brought low. Uneven ground will be straightened out and rough places will become smooth. On our way to showing welcome, there is a great leveling that occurs. And it's not just a leveling in the landscape, it's a leveling in our hearts. As we make space for our neighbor, to learn and listen and walk with them, we find that the things that keep us separate, with one of us on a mountain and the other in a valley, they get evened out. I think about families moving forward when they come to Mount Olivet 
this program where we eat and chat and live side by side with families experiencing homelessness for a week, what do the volunteers always say at the end? They leave saying, you know, there's really no difference between us and them. Extending welcome is the highway in the wilderness of our societal inequity where uneven ground, at least for a moment, gets smoothed out. And this is one reason why giving and receiving hospitality is a central practice of our faith and a central practice of Advent. Because we find that as we welcome others, God is present and something true about life is revealed and we are changed. Perhaps this is why God chooses to enter our world as a guest. To come to us in Jesus as one of us, appearing to us as a neighbor, to woo us out of our segmented and self-contained realms and into the world-leveling work of welcome. Advent is a season that invites us back into this work. It bids us to widen our tables and our hearts to make space for this holy guest. It is a gift of time for us to ask ourselves how it is that we need to prepare ourselves to receive our neighbor in love. It gives us space so we might make space for others. So let this Advent make space in you. Receive this season as the gift of time that God made it to be. A time to be filled not with tasks, but with space. Space to name the longing and pain within you. Space to listen for God's good news amidst the noise. Space to welcome in your neighbor. For the song really is true. Love the guest is on the way. And it will find its way to you. Amen.